Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now we last time we read Genesis chapter 25, and now we're ready to read Genesis chapter 26. At the end of chapter 25, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for some food. Now, from this point on, I want to make sure we're aware because later people will spin the story somewhat based on Jacob and Rebekah's actions that they deceptively took Esau's blessing from his father and took his birthright from him. But that's not totally true because first Esau sold it to Jacob here for some food. So, the deception later, I believe, was not even truly necessary. Had they just been honest and forthright, I believe God would have backed that up. God had already said, the older will serve the younger. So God would have taken care of that and would have told Isaac. But, for whatever reason, perhaps, again, like I say, with Abraham and with some of them, they, they were helping God out. They were trying to make sure that things happened the way they thought it should happen. So they were trying to do this deception. Now, let's move on. I don't want to get too tied up in that. But at the end of chapter 25, Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for some food. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. And he ate and drank and got up and went on his way. In this way, Esau scorned his birthright. Esau did not value his birthright. So... And we talked about that. So now, Genesis chapter 26. Now there was a famine in the land of Canaan. Besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham, so Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Now, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Now I said, and I just said Philistines. I don't know, sometimes I say Philistines, sometimes I say Philistines. I don't know if it makes a difference. Feel free to correct me. That's fine. Um, I've heard it both ways in my life, and I really, you know, a lot of times I will say Philistines, but like right there, I said Philistines. So, the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I will tell you. Live temporarily as a resident in this land, and I will be with you and will bless and favor you. For I will give you no, I'm, I'm adding words, I'm sorry. For I will give all these lands to you and to your descendants, and I will establish and carry out the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens, and I will give to your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because Abraham listened and obeyed my voice and consistently kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Now here, God is giving Abraham's blessing to Isaac. Notice he's saying these are almost exactly the same things that he told Abraham. Live here temporarily. I will be with you. I will bless you and favor you. I will give these lands to you and your descendants. You know, 
I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens. I will give to your descendants all these lands. Your descendants shall, by your descendants shall all the nations be blessed. All of these things. You know, he's, he's making or promising giving that same covenant now to Isaac. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. The men of the place asked him about his wife, and he said, She is my sister. For he was afraid to say my wife, thinking the men of the place might kill me on account of Rebekah, since she is very beautiful. Okay, here we go again. Now, Isaac has a beautiful wife. Okay, she's very beautiful, very desirable. Um, but here he's making the same mistake. <laughs> he's making the same mistake that Abraham did. He's being dishonest. If he would just be forthright and upfront, I mean, God, God is with him. God will take care of him. Notice, though, we tend to follow our parents, even when we don't mean to or don't think about it. We tend to follow that example. And so he is doing the same thing. It happened when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah, his wife. Now, this could mean that he saw them, you know, maybe kissing or, you know, somehow being, you know, uh, husband and wifely together. Not necessarily doing anything, you know, wrong out in the open. Just that, you know, you can tell how people act, what they really are. You know, if you see uh, a man and a woman together, you can tell by how they act if they're, you know, really, if they're in love with each other and care. So anyway, so... <clears throat> Anyway, so he saw them, and then Abimelech called Isaac and said, See here, Rebekah is in fact your wife. How did you dare to say to me she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, Because I thought I might be killed because of her desirability. Abimelech said, What is this that you have done to us? One of the men among our people might easily have been intimate with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us before God. Then Abimelech commanded all his people, Whoever touches this man, Isaac, or his wife, Rebekah, shall without exception be put to death. Now notice what he's saying here. This is, you know, God is still protecting Isaac through Abimelech. Abimelech's like, whoa, we're, we are not going to mess. This is, again, now this is Isaac. This is just like Abraham was the prophet of God. Isaac now has that same covenant with God, and he is the prophet of God. So then, <clears throat> let me, sorry, there is no so, let me read this correctly. Then Isaac planted seed in that land as a farmer, and reaped in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord blessed and favored him. And the man Isaac became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. His family was already well-to-do. Abraham was not a poor man, and here the Lord has blessed him with even more. He owned flocks and herds and a great household with a number of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father the Philistines stopped by, oh no, stopped up by filling them with dirt. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from here because you are far too powerful for us. 
So Isaac left that region and camped in the valley of Geror and settled there. Now, notice that here Isaac was being very successful and very favored, and the Philistines, the Philistines envied him. They, they became envious and, I think, resentful because they started filling up the wells with dirt to, to mess with him, to, you know, to bother him. And, you know, and in the end, maybe they just wanted him to leave that area because then Abimelech says, hey, you know, just move on. You're, you're too powerful for us. You're, you're hogging up all the resources, you know. Um, and that's not necessarily to say that he was being really mean, but just that they're like, you know, you need to move out of here. You're just, you're too big. You're too powerful. You have too much, you know, you're taking up too much resources. We need you to move to somewhere else. Now, Isaac is being peaceful, being nice. So what did he do? He left the region. He said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll move on. We'll go somewhere where it will be more, uh, would be better, be more peaceful. And a lot of times, this is how we should handle things in our life when things come up and people are, you know, being a little hard to work with. If possible, we should just, okay, you know, let them have whatever it is they're after and just, and just move on. We should just be like, okay, that's fine. You know, just move on. God will bless us and take care of us. We don't, we don't need to be in contention with other people. We don't have to fight and struggle. For those things, it's, you know, we can just, we can just kind of move on and uh, God will still take care of us. So we're going to have a little more of this same strife. Uh, verse 18, now Isaac again dug and reopened the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, because the Philistines had filled them up with dirt after the death of Abraham. And he gave the wells the same names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying that the water is ours. So Isaac named the well Essek, quarreling, because they quarreled with him. Then his servants dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So Isaac named it Sitna, enmity. He moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over that one. So he named it Rehoboth, broad places, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous in the land. So broad places, sometimes that is meant or seen, broad or wide spaces is seen as freedom. You know, you're, you're free to roam about the land, you have room, there's nothing infringing upon your movement. It's, it's meant to convey a kind of freedom. So here, they have found a place. They had moved. And, and notice, Isaac is not really staying in contention with these people. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll just move. We'll, we'll keep moving. And then he finds that place. And notice he says, for now, the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous in the land. So he's trusting in God, and he knows that he can keep the peace. Now, I know there are times that we... Historically, we can look back and there are times when capitulating to people is not always the best answer. But we're talking from a personal level, you know, how do we live and deal with our neighbors? You know, we want to keep things peaceful. We want to keep things nice. The best way to do that, still go ahead, 
yeah, go ahead and let them have that. It's not a big deal. The Lord is going to bless you and take care of you if they're, you know, in this case, it's wells, but, it, you know, a lot of times it will be simple. It'll be other simple things, you know, that don't matter. Um, instead of being contentious and fighting with your, your neighbor or your friend or your family member over these little things, just let them, let them have it, especially if it's just things, things in this earth. Things on this world are just temporary, and you don't truly ever own anything. Um, you know, we say we own it, but honestly, do we? We don't take it with us. It's not going to go with us. It's, you know, it's not really something we own. It's something that the Lord has given us and allowed us to use for our time here. So, anyway, so notice he was, Isaac was pretty big on keeping the peace and just, kind of going with the flow and saying, okay, well, we'll just, you know, we'll move on over here. We'll do another well. And, you know, that's what he did until he found his spot. And notice that God blessed him. Okay. So let's look here. Uh, then he went up from there to Beersheba. Beersheba, I guess. The Lord appeared to him at the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you. No, let me read that correctly. I will bless and favor you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. So Isaac, Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord in prayer. He pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, uh, Ahuzath, I think that's the best I'm going to, his close friend and confidential advisor. So that would have been, so Abimelech came to Isaac from Gerar with Ahuzath, who was Abimelech's close friend and advisor, okay? And he also brought Phicol, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, why have you people come to me? since you hate me and have sent me away from you. See, they, they, they wanted him away from them because they were envious and they, you know. And now, you know, they're seeing that he's still blessed. Okay, he's still being blessed by the Lord. They said, we see clearly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, there should now be an oath between us with a curse for the one who breaks it. That is between you and us. And let us make a covenant, binding agreement, solemn promise with you, that you will not harm us, just as we have not touched you and have done nothing but good to you, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed and favored of the Lord. Now I want you to notice, I feel like they're spinning this just a little bit. <laughs> they're like, but they're afraid. You know, they, they recognize that he has grown, that he is great and powerful, that he has, you know, wealth and he has all these resources. And they're like, um, you know what? Let's have a covenant that we will have peace and that we will only treat you good and you will only treat us good just as we have sent you away in peace. But did they really tell, were they, I mean, yeah, it was peaceful, but who really made it peaceful? Isaac made it peaceful because he was like, yeah, okay, you can, you can keep your well. I'll, I'll move on. And, you know, and, and yeah, okay, you, you don't want me here. Okay, I'll, I'll move on. You know, and the Lord blessed him wherever he went. 
But it was really Isaac that was keeping the peace. It was not them. If you, if you understand what I'm getting at there. All right. <clears throat> then Isaac held a formal banquet. Oh, wait. So I kind of feel like at this point they're getting a little bit worried that he has become more and more powerful. He's become larger and, uh, you know, they're, they want to make sure that they're not going to get on the wrong side of him or that he will, you know, they want to make sure that they have peace with him because he might be able to overpower them or cause them problems, you know. So, so they're a little afraid is why they come out to do this. But on the other hand, it works to Isaac's advantage because Isaac is obviously wanting to keep peace and wanting to keep things peaceful. So, um, all right. Then Isaac held a formal banquet, a covenant feast, for them, and they ate and drank. They got up early in the morning and swore oaths, pledging to do nothing but good to each other. And Isaac sent them on their way, and they left him in peace. Now on the same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug, saying, We have found water. So he named the well Sheba, or maybe Sheba, Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Beersheba, I think, is probably the correct pronunciation. When Esau was 40 years old. Now, we're, we're jumping. We're, we've moved from Isaac. We're back on, we're on Esau. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basimuth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, as his wives, and they were a source of grief to Esau's parents, Isaac and Rebekah. Now here what has happened, and you'll notice that this started with Abraham. Abraham wanted Isaac to have a wife of his, from his country, of his people, of God, God's people, of God-fearing people, people who knew God and worshipped God. And, you know, here Esau chose Two women, two girls, um, well, probably women since he was 40. So he chose two women um, from the Hittites, from, you know, local, I'm, I'm assuming fairly local, you know, in the general area, as local as you could get back then. Um, I'm assuming he chose these women for other reasons and that they were not, they were not from their country. They were not of their customs. They were not from, you know, God-fearing, God-worshipping. Um, they were not the same. You know, they were, they did not necessarily know or follow the Lord. And so this was a source of grief to his parents. This was not something good for them. They saw this as a bad thing. And um, it does again show that Esau uh, did not value, did not value things that, uh, the same things that his, his father and his grandfather Abraham and, and his brother valued. He did not value those things. And perhaps it shows that he did not value um, following the Lord and following God. You know, it doesn't really say a lot about him and God. So, and it could just be that he's young and he's, you know, this is like his wild oats phase or whatever. But I'm just saying it, it appears that he has the wrong thought process and he's, He's getting into trouble and he's bringing in bad influences if he's bringing in ungodly people as his wives. 
because that means his whole family is going to have this problem and have these bad influences. So it's just something to think about. And it's uh, something to be aware of. And, and influence does matter. It really does matter um, when we are looking at, at dating and uh, uh, being with other people and getting to know them. Um, their spirituality, whether or not they follow God and believe in God, that is extremely important. You need at least that basis to start with. And if you don't have that basis to start with, it's going to be hard uh, to develop and get that later on. You need to start out with some commonality, and one of the most important common things is that you you both have a belief in God and that you uh, both want to follow God and follow the Lord. Without that as a common starting point, your only other common starting point is going to be perhaps an attraction for each other. And as we see in the world, that does not really last long term a lot. Yes, sometimes it does, but not always. I mean, if you have a good basis, though, in, in a good uh, common shared morality and belief, you have a lot better chance of working out other things and, and getting other things to, to work in your life. So, you know, if you have that strong foundation, you know, it's like Jesus talks about building on the rock, the foundation of the Lord, God, the word and building on the sand, which is just a foundation that is just going to be swept away at every whim and rush of water or wind. You know, there's there's a big difference there, you know, and that's how, you know, that's how we tend to be as people, our emotions, our attractions, our our little um uh, let's see, I was trying to think of that word for attraction. Infatuations, these things come and go. These things come and go, but they're, they, you know, you need a relationship that's built on a solid foundation. And the best thing is a belief, commonly shared moral belief in God and the Lord. All right. So this was a source of grief to his parents, though, that he chose. Again, he did not choose well. Esau, again, making uh, what would be a mistake for him and choosing, we might, say, we might say rashly, he may have had his own reasons or his own thought process on this, but was it in alignment with God's? And I'd have to say probably not. So, all right, so that is Genesis chapter 26. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.